Seahawks fans, wherever you may be. Welcome back for another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. Join your host, Bill Alpstead, and co-host, sports writer and football analyst, Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Hey, Seahawks fans. Welcome back to another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Opstead, sitting down with Keith Myers for our uh, sixth uh, midweek show of the season. Uh, This show is going to be focused on adjusting our expectations. Um, I think that I'd sent you a a little text um, after the game, and I was like, uh, we may be talking about, you know, adjusting our expectations for this team after that win now mm-hmm. three and three uh tied for first place in the nfc west it's a, kind of a diminished conference overall um and the cx are playing well they're kind of finding their rhythm on offense certainly um and then on defense i think we saw enough there to give us some hope that maybe they can duplicate that and if they can maybe the deep defense starts to play a little bit more competently and all of a sudden we have a a, a better uh, overall well-rounded team than we than we had just a couple of weeks ago. And going forward, looking at the schedule, maybe there's an opportunity to eke out eight, nine wins this year, which was unthinkable just four or five games ago or at the beginning of the season. And uh, it totally changes kind of the way that we view this team and we view uh, the opportunities uh, as they come up each week and, and the teams we face. And... Um, it's just kind of a, a new way of looking at the at the season that I just really wasn't counting on this year. Yeah, um, I mean, we, we were talked about that, and then we brought up, okay, let's do that. This is a show. Let's let's think about that. And then part of me is I'm sitting here. I'm like, okay, it was one game. Are are we really going to completely change our expectations on one game? But it really isn't because what we expected was this offense to be bad that we expected Gino to be bad because he looked bad in the preseason and he's looked bad at every other time he's had to play. Um, so why would we expect otherwise? But he hasn't been bad. He's been good. Um, even this coming off of what, other than the 49ers game, I think his weakest game of the year, he was he still looked good. He's a, been a top five quarterback so far this year. Um, he, by every statistical... Um, measure you can think of has played better than Aaron Rodgers. Who would have thought that was a possibility? Um, he's been significantly better than Russell Wilson, right? Who thought that was a possibility? So in a sense, like the it, changing our expectations based on the fact that the offense is far better than we ever ante- anticipated, I think is good. The defense has also been far worse than we anticipated. They've been for you know either the worst or the second worst um defense in the nfl depending on on which measure you want to use um until this game and then suddenly they took a team um the length of a game and they only gave up three offensive points like the defense did its job in this right. one um right. so i Arizona, think this conversation makes sense yeah so i mean it depends. It was, is this a one-time aberration because Arizona's offense is so beat up and 
just trash at the moment? Um, or is this more like what we're going to see for the rest of the year? Because if that defensive performance is similar to what we're going to see for the rest of the year, you've got a top 10 offense and you've got a defense that's going to be something other than the worst in the league. Um, even if it's, even if it's just middle of the road, it's like ends up being 17th. That's a combination that's going to win you some games. It may not get you a Super Bowl, but it's going to win you some games. And if they win enough games in a really weak NFC, you could get in as a wild card. Heck, right now they're tied for first place in the um, division. Uh, you know they don't they're have the seventh. Tie- they're the seventh seed right now in the NFC. Yeah. So, um, you know. It, uh, San Francisco's got the tiebreaker, but if I mean that's you've only they're the one team or they're the one team that has the tiebreaker. It's not like the Rams have looked good. The Rams have looked very pedestrian. Yeah, um, it's it's possible Seattle finishes second in the division to the 49ers. I you know I was thinking about the idea that that you were um, throwing out there on the offense. Who would have thought? Well, I remember after the draft i kind of got excited for about six six weeks or a couple months keith where i was really optimistic i was like you know if this happens and this happens and this happens and this happens keith we could get to nine wins and and uh, you weren't having it i mean you were just flat out crazy bill (laughs) i wasn't having it because well well what you were saying wasn't wrong it was it depended on you needed every you single needed thing a to bunch work. of things to fall in line absolutely we needed um you needed the uh, rookie offensive tackles to both be good yes which they are so that's, right um this quickly i need i needed geno good. smith to have a career year or drew lock one of the two yeah i needed, needed to have the running back i needed penny to be healthy and to show up and have you know a career year i needed ken walker to to come in and contribute right away i needed the austin blythe who nobody really kind of knew about um to come in and, and be competent i needed the mm-hmm. defense to be good i needed our pass rush to be good i needed us to stop the run i needed the defensive backs that were just completely unknown to to work out and and to be um good and um you know so i got the offensive side of the equation seems to be working mm-hmm. uh, but the defense has been a wholesale failure um on all accounts until this last game except for the cornerbacks except for the cornerbacks don't 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 call Tariq woolen in any performance he's given you this year um a failure because he's been damn good and now a word from our sponsor DraftKings. your kickers lining up for an onside kick the chances of regaining possession are slim the stakes are high and the tension is higher your pulse racing He kicks, and you watch as the ball lands. Make every play feel this exciting with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, and their unbeatable offers. Right now, new customers can make any $5 bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Check this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. To make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game all season long. 
Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TPPN to get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Just place a $5 bet on any football game only at DraftKings Sportsbook using code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. There's always going to be individual performances, but my point being uh, up until this game, and there was something about this game against the Cardinals. Now, the Cardinals offense, Keith, is just not that good. No. Um, but there was something about the way that they addressed this game. We talked about it in the last show with Puna Ford and Quentin Jefferson up front in the way that they uh, changed their gap assignments and the way on the back end they added the diamond safety looks and and took um, took a linebacker out for, mm-hmm. for quite a a few of those snaps and so that combination is potentially repeatable and and putting our players in a better position to be successful given their skill sets and so if that is true they pulled cody barton um who has been a a disappointment um so far this this season and they brought in either kobe bryant or um you know josh jones as the extra you know defensive back um and it as a whole i mean it worked you know like we're saying it worked against a really bad offense we'll see what it does this coming week against san diego which is still struggling a little bit on offense but they've got more talent um and you know they're they're better than than arizona has been I want to briefly share our expectations and win losses up front here just for a minute, because this is kind of an expectation show. And um, hopefully those watching uh, YouTube can kind of see this a little bit. I've got it blown up about as big as I can get it. Um, I don't think I can go any, any, any way up from this. Well, maybe I can't. There we go. Um, So, You'd mentioned the the Chargers being the next opponent, you mm-hmm. know, and, and we both have that uh, down as a loss, but we also have the Cardinals as a loss. Um, yeah, so you you have them sitting right now at one and five. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I have them at, at at two and four because I thought um, yep. I had the the um the the Lions game as a win, and you didn't. Um, yeah, but. Yep. But yeah, for them to for them to um beat the Cardinals there, it kind of sets them up because now, now they're three and three. And then you look forward and you're like Chargers, Giants, Cardinals again, the Bucks who have really kind of fallen apart recently, and then they mm-hmm. have we have to they, they we've got all everyone's gonna travel to, to Germany, then they've got the bye week. And the Raiders are one of the worst teams in the NFL right now. Um well this- they've got their problems but they're i still think they've got a lot of talent uh the rams have looked very pedestrian this year so far the panthers fired their coach they're a mess 49ers uh the chiefs and then the jets who've looked surprisingly competent yeah. and then the end of the season of the rams so this schedule when we put this together we were looking at you know the jets the giants as winnable games the mm-hmm. panthers the falcons um, they're going to pick up hopefully one from the Cardinals. Um, you know, we yeah. were looking at five wins because we're trying, what, what are the winnable games? Um, 
suddenly yes. this looks much more manageable because um you know the rams aren't as good as we thought they would be the raiders aren't as good as we thought they would be the um right um the bucks aren't as good as we thought they would be the cardinals aren't as good as we thought they would be um it's a much more manageable schedule now i will admit the giants are playing surprisingly well yeah um and the jets have been remarkably competent um it's been a long time since either of those teams hasn't been anything other than just a complete dumpster fire so um to see both of them doing well is is unprecedented yeah i you know it's just it's interesting how the thing evolves um and and obviously uh, i had them at one and five at this point they're three and three expectations are are going to change um yeah be be and and I wanted to be able to, when when I was filling out that schedule, I wanted to be able to get to seven or eight wins, Keith. I really did, and I worked really hard at trying to do it. And I could only get to five mm-hmm. after the after seeing the the team in preseason and so forth. Well, I ex- I expected you to get to seven or eight wins, and so I made sure I got to at least five when I was doing mine because I didn't want you to be saying seven and me to be saying three. Because that's just too much. That's too much of a difference, and we ended up both landing on five, which I found to be interesting. Um, but you were really kind of <clears throat> thinking before you filled out the schedule that it was going to be even even worse than it I, than you ended up at five. Yeah, like I was thinking this was a you know three or four win team um, because there's just there's too much on offense that I didn't think was going to work. You know, mainly Gino, Gino but also you know, the rookie tackles, like, Mm -hmm. um, just integrating it all. Yeah. Yeah. Just getting it all, all put together. And then on defense, like you knew that there was going to be some guys that could play, but there weren't enough. There were, there were too many holes, right. Um, Cody Barton spot, the cornerbacks. We didn't, I did not think that Tariq Woolen was going to be this guy. Um, We didn't even think he was going to play very much. Yeah. Um, and so it's just, you look at, all the different factors. I just thought this team was going to be bad. And, and even though they won week one, that it didn't have a feeling, it didn't have a feel as, as a repeatable thing. And then when they came out and got just destroyed by San Francisco on both sides of the ball um, in week two, it's like, okay, this is who the team is. Um, And it really felt like my prediction was going to be closer to right um, at that point, because Honestly, this team didn't look very good. Um, but Gino, okay, so, has, Gino has played way better since then, and the defense has suddenly turned it on for at least one game. So your expectations are changing. So they are. talk to me about the kind of team that we have now. Let me let me just share this with you. If the season ended today, the Seahawks would own the seven and fourteen picks in round one and thirty-eight and forty-five in round two. The later picks in each round are the Seahawks picks and the early picks are the Denver Bronco picks. That's something we I know expect. that's crazy that this, they would have the seventh overall pick from Denver <laughs> and not from Seattle. And then the right. Seattle's picks going to be in the teens, which yes, right now. God, I mean, if they keep winning though, I mean, shoot, who knows? Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Isn't that crazy? Um, that is, that is so crazy. Denver has been a, Yes. Oh, Keith, you, you it's watched hard the to game watch. last night. Right? I didn't watch the game, but I watched oh, uh, overtime. I watched the the end of the game and then overtime, and it was just a sad display of ineptitude 
on Denver's offense. And um, I think their defense is playing well, but how long are you going to play hard for that team? That's a hot mess right there. The defense is legit, and the offense is just And I know Russell Wilson has not fallen from being a nine-time Pro Bowl quarterback to this level. It something else is going on there. I, he's got a couple of injury concerns now. It sounds like he had an MRI on a hamstring issue today that presented itself, and he's. It looks like maybe it's day to day, quote unquote. But man, they should shut that kid down for for a couple of weeks. But <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I agree with you. Russ is not a bad player, and the idea that oh he's washed up and or that it was all. Pete Carroll and it was just a mirage or I've, I've heard some of that stuff. Sure. No, Russ is a fantastic player. Um, he's in a situation where I think he won their offensive line is bad, especially with Garrett Bowles out. Um, but I also think he is reading, you know, eating some humble pie here because he w- isn't wasn't doing in Denver some of the things he did in Seattle, like all the extra reps with the receivers outside of practice. Um, and um, you know, some of those things he, he's been more like more aloof, more uh independent of his teammates. Um yes. by a couple of accounts that I've read uh from Denver Media. And I think he needs to recognize that those things matter. You you need to be part of the team. You need to be one of the guys. You can't just be, you know, uh, saying you're one of the guys on on Sunday after the after the game in the press conference. Yeah, it needs to. You need to actually be one of the guys, and um, you know, actually integrate himself into that team because he doesn't trust his receivers. He certainly doesn't trust his offensive line, which he shouldn't because they're bad. But um, and if he's got a shoulder now a hamstring. Those are things that are hard to overcome for any player in the NFL, let alone a yeah, quarterback gonna, that needs to be mobile. If you're going to overcome them, you're going to overcome them by doing things differently on offense. They need to, um, you know, they need to give him some layups, right? They need to give him um, yeah. some some quick throws, some easy reads, some some of that stuff. You sh- he should get eight to ten layups a game. And right now, it doesn't feel like they're giving him anything. Everything looks so hard. Everything That's the way it was so last year, hard. too, if you remember. Well, Everything not was the, hard at the beginning of the year. At the beginning of the year. And then when he came back, it just was a mess. So anyway, I don't want to talk. But it, to, got, but it got better. Yeah. And I think there's an opportunity in Denver for it to get better. We'll just see. It's, it's really hard because they're in it and it's a mess and mm-hmm. uh, they're not used to this. And so the coaching's not going to help. No, because they're rookies. Um, I don't want to spend too much time talking about Denver. I mean, it's important for Seahawks fans because, and we mentioned the number seven overall pick right now mm-hmm. that could actually improve their schedule. Doesn't get any easier. And, um, and they may have an issue with, uh, with Wilson where he's sitting out games and they're going with, you know, an inexperienced guy there. So that'll be very interesting to monitor. Okay. I wanted to talk to you specifically about how you feel now about this Seahawks team going forward and what your expectations are for the remaining games. I expect this team to be more competitive and to win more than I originally thought. 
Um, originally, uh, you know, five wins felt a little optimistic, and now I'm looking at seven um, as kind of my expectation. If they the ball bounces just right a couple times, they end up at nine and squeak into the playoffs. Cool. It could also be that you know they take a couple of losses that they shouldn't, um, and they end up you know at six or or five, but. The offense is good enough now and has been over six weeks for me to trust that they're going to continue to play at a high enough level that they're going to have opportunities to win games that I didn't think they would even be competitive in. And um, you're going to win some of those. And I think improving to seven wins as, a, as an expectation isn't out of line. I think that's that's a, a great spot to um you know, for them to be, it's way better I, than anyone thought. I think that that's too low. I think I that you you're do. asking them to win only four more games out of the next 11 to mm -hmm. get to seven wins. That's your expectation. After seeing what I'm seeing and the way Gino's playing, top five offense in the NFL and the way the defense might come along, looking at revised schedule now. I think they've also played. I think there's more than four wins there. I think they've played the easiest six games on their schedule. Not necessarily. Other than, other than the other Arizona game. Yeah. But that's that one's on the road. These are going to be interesting games. The Panthers are going to be an, is an interesting game. The Raiders, I think, at the Seahawks is now winnable. The Buccaneers was unthinkable uh, in Germany uh, a while ago, and I think that might be a uh, thing uh, that I would consider. The Cardinals are so bad on offense. Usually I don't like to predict two wins out of any division opponent in a year, but that Cardinals game looks like it's something that would be in hand. They'll get Nuke Hopkins and John Connor back before that game. Yeah, and I'm not sure that helps that offense that much. That offense, offense is just bad. The offensive line is still a mess, but I think that um, a competent running game to ease some of the pressure on their passing game and a second receiver um, will actually really matters. Um, not that I'm saying that I'm right at this point would predict a, a loss for Seattle, um, in that game, but I'm just saying like, you look at the Panther game and that game are the only two games that kind of match the first six opponents that Seattle has played, right? Cause the only good team in that group has been the 49ers. The rest of the other five teams, the other five games haven't been good teams. Yeah. So I still think that there's an opportunity here to to figure out how to how to win six games. Six games of the eleven. Go six and six and five. And end up nine and eight. And 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 be the seventh seed in the NFC. Yeah. It's it's I mean, that road is not easy for this team, but if the defense comes around. It ends up being the defense that we thought they might be in the preseason. I now, granted, that's probably a stretch, but if they can be fifth, you know, fourteen ranked points and yards allowed overall in the last uh, eleven games, I'm not, you know, I don't want to blend that average with the with the first part of the season. But if they were now a, you know. 10, they're middle, 12, 15, uh, 17 ranked defense going forward. Yeah, they're a middle of the road defense firm here. Then out, I think they can given, win six games out of 11. Given what the offense is able to do. I mean, it's there. I just look at the schedule and, I, and I'm like, 
Um, what games in that schedule other than Arizona and Carolina are you sure they're going to be favored in? I just think that based on what they've done so far and what they're what they're projected to do, they're a 500 kind of team, Keith. And so that means they're going to be either eight or nine wins this this year, depending on the way the ball bounces. Mm-hmm. And I'm just kind of going in the favorable category there. Because that's um, what you do. That's, uh, what I, that's what I choose to do. But you're a very optimistic more, guy. It makes it more fun that way. It, it yeah. makes it more fun when, when you know, you've got something on the line here. I think that it's hard because this is going to be a, a very interesting team to watch down the stretch because now be, I'm more it's a, it's vested been an in their team. success. It's been an interesting team to watch for the first six weeks because even though I had no expectations for them, they've been fun to watch watching Gino and that offense go out and, and move the football and do good things has been fun to watch. And even though the defense has been bad overall, watching Tariq Woolen play and the stuff that he's done and then seeing, um, you know, Kobe Bryant go from being a mess the first couple of weeks to what he's done the last two mm-hmm. um, has been fun to watch. Like, the CX are really entertaining right now. Um, they may not be the best team in the NFC, um, but they are one of the most entertaining teams in the NFC. Um, and I'm sorry, like to me this year, I wasn't expecting that. I was expecting this year to be kind of a schlog to just get through. Can we survive the year? Yes. Um, and now like, I want to see them win. I love the fact that they won this game. Like that was, I, I predicted a Does win it, last week's predict or uh, preview show. And they, it happened kind of how I expected it to. Um, but even in the end, even if, even if Arizona had come back and won at the end, okay, then the first three quarters of that game would have been really fun and really like um, entertaining and fun to watch and all of that. Even if the result was bad. Yeah. That that hasn't always been true in Seattle. Sometimes even when they're winning, it's like painful because they win these ugly, you know, games where, you know, luckily Sherm got a late interception or something like that happened. And it was like they survived and it was like cardiac, you know, uh, problems where it's just like your stress levels through the roof throughout the game. Um, I didn't. I don't have that this year. Even yeah. when, even well, the expectations are low, so it's it's fun when it when they exceed expectations, and you still don't have that angst about, you know, trying to be the best. It's just you are accepting of what they are, and you're looking more at individual contributors and so forth. But it's it's fun. as it goes forward, the pressure to win, the pressure to be better every week, the pressure to beat opponents that are perceived to be better than you. Uh, grows because now they have something to play for. They're they're literally in first place in the NFC West and do have an opportunity to do something this year. Does it make it easier, Keith, uh, now that Gino's playing well? Does that take some of the pressure off of this franchise, A, to win, and B, to, to not lose? Because now they've got some options, plus the Denver picks in the equation as well into that next draft. It seems like they're, they're able to allow this whole thing to kind of 
fall to them a little bit and not press so hard. Well, yes. Um, Pete Carroll was never going to allow his team to lose for a draft pick. Um, he, that's, that is not how he, that dude is wired. Um, we may have thought, you know, in the interest of the franchise long term, it would be better if they lost some of these games. But Pete Carroll was never going to allow his guys. Has expectations of Pete Carroll changed with a large portion of the fan base that maybe was against him? I don't know, because so many people are so set in confirmation bias that they want him to fail. Um, but I don't which, care. Which I don't get. I and I don't care. I just straight up I don't care. Um, they can they can want him to fail all you want, but the guy's been great. The guy's been a good head coach, and uh, seeing this team that no one thought was going to be competitive in any way, um, to go out be three and three, look good, have Geno Smith be outplaying Russ can, by leaps and bounds. Um, yeah. And all of that, like, and, and 27 other quarterbacks in the NFL. Yeah. I mean, it goes to show you like the team is, the team is the team. The team culture is exactly what you want it to be, which is what Pete Carroll does. He may not be the greatest, um, X and O guy. He may not be the greatest, you know, manager of the clock and stuff in, in tight situations, um, or all of that. Who cares? He built a culture in Seattle that has been one of winning since the day he got here. And that matters. It truly matters. And the, the fans that aren't willing to see the good of Pete Carroll because they want to see the bad of him um, are missing out. They're missing out on a hall of fame coach. Yeah. Well, that's very true. That is very true. And I think he's underrated as far as an X and O guy, you know. Um I think that he he makes hard decisions about the, about the team, about the coaches, about when things aren't working. He makes changes. He's not mm -hmm. set in stone like some people perceive him to be. Nope. He's very adaptable. He's shown himself to be major adaptable over 12 or 13 years as being head coach here. Oh, he completely yeah. scrapped his own defensive system in this offseason and brought in uh, another set of coaches for another defensive system. Like that, we need to keep saying that because uh, the idea that he is a dinosaur and will only do things a certain way isn't true. Does he want to run the ball? Yeah. And I get that some people think that that is blasphemy um, in today's NFL, but he wants to run the ball because he wants to be good at running the ball. Yes. Not just run the ball to run. He the doesn't ball. want to have teams dictate terms on him. He wants yeah. to dictate terms on teams. And that, tr that transcends running the ball or passing the ball or anything. He wants to do whatever he's going to do. He wants to do it the best. Yeah. He wants to out physical teams. He wants to be bigger, stronger, faster, Yes. Um, and then show it in the way that they play. And it's not just, oh, we need to run the ball 27 times a game. It's we need to be good at running the ball. We need to, we need to set ourselves up. If it's going to be third down, it better be third and four or less. Um, and if it's third and one, we're going to run it and we're going to get that first down every damn time. Um, that's what Carol wants. 
And I think there's this expectation of, of players to execute at that level um, that comes through. And that's part of why he has been so good as a coach for since 2010. Consistent. Right? Um, yeah. Okay. So do you want to re- – so you've, you're saying that your revised win total is up to seven. I think at this point it's seven. Um, in part because I look at the the defense and I need to see them. I need to see them do it again. There's there's one game aberrations here and there um, mm-hmm. that doesn't make you know. I need to see them do it. Do it again. Go out this coming week and shut the um, the Chargers down the way you did the Cardinals this last week. I'm telling you, my win total might jump to nine. Um, because if the defense can do that again, and they're showing that they are against a better for, offense for real and not, um, it wasn't just a one game aberration. And we know that the offense we're six games in. If you think that, that um, they're going to suddenly, you know, the clock's going to strike midnight and Gino Smith is going to turn into a pumpkin. Uh, I think you are, um, I think you're, you're, you're missing out on what on just how good he's been. So uh I think the offense, I think we're we're comfortable with the defense. I need to see it again. Show me again. And my number goes to probably to eight or nine. Um, uh, but right now it's it's seven. I get that. Yeah. I'm a little bit more optimistic. I am I am in that range though. I am in that seven, eight, nine win range. It really does mm-hmm. depend. You know, other teams do show up and want to win games as well. And Seattle still needs to go out and do it every week, be consistent. And it's it's interesting. It's a, it's I'm less familiar with this team than I had been with the Russell Wilson team. We just have seen that team over and over and over again. And he had the ability to go out and win games for you. And we haven't seen Gino do that. I'd like to be able to see that as well on offense. I'd like to be able to see that where he does lead the team to go get a win at the end of a game. We haven't seen it and he's failed the number of times when we, when he's had the chance. Um, but at the same time, I also don't want to see it because I want to see this team in the lead and that he is doing what he needs to do to grind mm-hmm. out the clock that the team is winning because he's managing the four minute offense, right. not the two minute offense. That's, that's Pete Carroll football. Um, and so that I, I want to see that, but you in in the end, you're not going to make it, very far um and you're certainly not going to win in the playoffs if you can't go win a game when you need to and so far gino hasn't done that and he he needs to step up and do it i think this show wouldn't be complete without mentioning why expectations are changed um it's the rookies keith like we've had this rookie class that is just absolutely one of the best classes that i can remember where Tariq, we've got Tariq six looks contributors. Like Tariq Woolen's probably a rookie pro bowler. Abe Lucas looks like a rookie pro bowler. Charles Cross looks really good and will probably be a pro bowler in a year or two. Uh, Ken Walker has looked good. Kobe Bryant started out terrible, but he has this, the game has slowed down for him, um, and he is starting to really make plays. And they asked him to um, play a completely different position that he'd been not used to. Yeah, so, and so I mean, he, he's coming around. It's it, it it took some time, but go look at 
go look at not just you know the forced fumbles, but all the other plays the last two weeks. Yeah, he's been tight in coverage. He's been and a good really sticky too. in coverage. He's playing really well, and um, you know those guys. I, I'd say just just those five. Boye Mafe. Boye Mafe is there, but I he's still got work to do and mm-hmm. and and that kind of stuff. But the five guys, you know, the two corners, the two tackles, and Ken Walker. That's the foundation of. Uh, that's the core of a team that can win a lot of games. And if you can knock this next draft out of the park with five yeah. high draft picks again, five picks in the top um, 75 or yeah. ish. Yeah. I mean, you're looking at um, right now yeah. we've got the seventh, the 14th number 38 and number 45, you know, four picks in the top 50. Yeah. And then the, that, uh, the CX third round pick as well, which would land, um yeah in the 70s 64 71 right where it's at 71 so i can do math um so yeah so they'd have they'd have five picks in the top 75 that's potentially five starters yeah go get a you know even if you are too low to get a quarterback you go get a defensive tackle you go get a second linebacker for the middle you go get yeah, a safety another free safety yeah um you know on offense you you, you get a, a third wide receiver and a guard and, or a center and suddenly you're like damn that's 10 players plus boy Mafe, whether he's up or down uh, right. that's the, in two drafts that's a core of guys that can win you championships yeah and you hit a diamond you know in the fifth you know, fourth, fifth round, uh, which is perfectly possible. Yeah, perfectly possible. So anyway, wow. Fun. I'm having fun. It's a fun franchise. It's a, it's got a great future. Really? I mean, I think the team did a really good job turning this thing around. It's not a complete job yet. Obviously it's a, it's a process. This is kind of a reset. It's not a complete rebuild though. Um, which is now evident. I thought it was going to be a complete rebuild, to be completely honest. Um, and it should be when you when when they didn't trade Lockett, um, and they spent all the money to um, bring you know make the Lockett TK. You knew it wasn't going to be a complete rebuild because now you've got you've got two elite receivers, and then with Disley, Parkinson, and Fant, you've got weapons at tight end. And with Penny, and then they drafted Walker, you've got weapons at running back, right? Um, it was all going to come down to Gino and the offensive line. And those two rookie tackles have outperformed. Yes. They've just outperformed what we would, would, could realistically expect. I mean, go look at the other rookie tackles. They're outperforming all rookie tackles. Go look both, at Evan, both of them. Yeah, go look at Evan Neal, right, who was – for the longest time in the draft process, thought of as the number one overall pick. Um, Charles Cross has got better stats, better blocking rates, better win rates, pass blocking win rates than every tackle chosen before him. And Abe Lucas has better rates than any other tackle in the draft, including Charles Cross. Mm-hmm. So that's crazy. Abe they Lucas literally hit the, it out of the park. Yeah. And so the two guys drafted, two tackles drafted before Cross have not played as well as him. And they've also not played as well as Lucas, who's a third rounder. I mean, that's just crazy. It's just, it's, it's crazy. 
and and they're not even the best players in our own draft class. Tariq Wallen. No, Tariq Wallen is the best player in the draft class. In the draft class. <laughs> That's why expectations have changed, folks. Right yeah. Uh, I got to tell you, you and I were on the Tariq Wallen train um, way before the draft. Like Starting in come, February. Coming out of the, well, yeah. Coming well, out of especially the out of the senior bowl. Yeah. Um, and I was giddy when they actually drafted him. When they drafted Kobe Bryant instead of him, uh, the mm, pick before, yeah, I was, right. I was, I was like, oh, that's such a wasted opportunity. Not that Kobe Bryant was a bad player, but because I just wanted Woolen in a Seahawks uniform. Yeah. And then they, the next pick, he was and, still on the board, and they got him. And, and as good as we are at kind of figuring out the draft and stuff, because we've done it for just so long, we kind of recognize this sort of stuff. But even we didn't know. Oh no! What we had in Tariq Wallen case, we knew we knew that he was he had the potential to be great, and that's why I wanted him in a Seahawks uniform. There's a difference between potential and reaching that potential, but in Tariq, six games, <laughs> six games in three preseason games, he went from yeah, think, right. about, think about the first preseason game. He got lit up. It was a struggle for him in that first preseason game, but by week one. There was no doubt he was the starter. Pete Carroll. There was no concern whatsoever. And by ne- and now, on a seri- he's a pro bowler. If he doesn't make yeah. the pro bowl this year, I'm going to be shocked because he leads the league in interceptions. He leads the league in quarterback rating against. Is he's he the best cornerback in our division, Keith? Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey is, I, and you said that, I'm like, I got to think, I'm like, I want you to though. I want you to in this when when we go on break and before the next show, I want you to go comp him to Jalen Ramsey. I need to get yeah. I need to go watch some Jalen Ramsey tape for this year. If you look at Jalen Ramsey last year, I would say Ramsey was a difference maker. Ramsey shut down Medcalf in every game. But he was a difference maker in every. I mean, you know, uh, Jalen Ramsey's career interception for for a single year is. Four. He's only had four Will, interceptions had, in one year. Willen's had that already in six. And games. you just know that he's going to have f- four more. God, that would be crazy. Eight interceptions in a year. He could have more. He could have two interceptions in a, in a couple of different games. Yeah, I'm thinking because he's just that good. He just he a, is. He had a couple interceptions in the first two games that he didn't complete, and then he's four games ago he started he started actually securing the ball yeah uh when he had the opportunity and he's and gonna get more too because everything he catches is, is away from his his body he he's catches a, out with his hands he catches he's a wide, like receiver. A wide receiver yep. he does and and quarterbacks now i don't care if you watch film on him you, you don't get that sense of speed and length until you're in person and i and he's got such speed and such length that i don't think the quarterbacks are gonna it's gonna be a while before they're able to adjust their throws enough to to keep it away from him, and they're going to they, end up stop stopping throwing in his direction. Did they the ever? Did they ever adjust their throws enough to prevent Richard Sherman from getting to the ball? Thirty six, thirty seven times in a Seahawk uniform, Richard Sherman intercepted a ball. That they never did, because that kind of length is so rare. 
and he was always in good position yeah which we see from Wolin too yes um Right. And you know, good position plus length means you got an opportunity ball to skills. the ball. And well, and he's so good at turning and facing the ball. He knows, okay, they're running this route because he yeah. was a receiver. That last interception, Keith, the, uh, and against Kyler Murray, when 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 Kyler threw the ball down the the left side of the field there, forty yards, and Tariq was just in position from the 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 get go. Like he, he ran was the route impressed. Than the he was impressed coverage. He didn't even bump the receiver. He turned and, and ran, was on pocket, was on hip mm-hmm. the entire time and turned before the receiver turned yeah. to get that ball. He ran the route better than the receiver did. And when you're 6'4 and can jump the way he does. High point. Um, yeah. And no, no, he ran no, a, re- had a 42 inch vertical. Yeah. No, in addition no, no, re- six speed. No receiver in that situation is going to get up and get that and, and catch that pass. Yeah. The worst case scenario there was that he was going to knock it down. And instead he Tariq Woolen could be in the NBA and win the dunk contest. I'm pretty confident of that. He had a really long vertical and a really long arms. He might. Um, he's also 6'4", and he'd be dunking against guys that are like 6'8", 6'9". Yeah, and, you know, and Nate, Robinson, Nate Robinson won the dunk contest one year, so it's possible. That's true. I mean, Bull Bull is just an athlete. (laughs) I know. It's one of those things. It's like we fell in love with uh, DK Metcalf in the same way. It it just feels like that, only this is a defensive player, which I'd love, but it feels like the whole DK Metcalf romance where you just saw this player and you saw the potential and just oozing, and he flashed it early and often. And you just knew that it was just going to be a pleasure to watch this guy play mm-hmm. in the NFL for your team for years to come. And that's the way I feel about this kid. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it's worth saying that everyone in the NFL is an elite athlete. And these two guys, Metcalf and, and Woolen, are super elite amongst NFL players as far as their athleticism. That's why they're so good. Um, well, that and the you pair it with they work their tails off constantly, yeah. and they so play all, and they play for Pete Carroll, yeah. Who knows how to Pete Carroll, yeah, absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely, absolutely. All right, anything else? No, let's get out of here. Yeah, fun show, fun show. That all right, find Keith on Twitter at Myers NFL. You can find me at NWC Hockey. You know where the show's at. Just make sure you hit that subscribe button and share it if you like it. And uh, we'll see you next time for our preview of the uh, Seahawks at Chargers uh, this coming Sunday. So until next time, go Hawks. Go Hawks. Seahawks Playbook Podcast listeners, thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can find us on Twitter. Bill is at NWSeahawk. Keith is at Myers NFL. And the show is at Hawks Playbook. You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com.